Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad that you're joining us again here online. I know this is different for all of us, but we're working our way through it and we're learning a lot along the way. I want you to know, I want to reassure you that as a church, God is really doing some things in the lives of people. We're reaching people every week that we really never have reached before. And it's really encouraging to see what he's doing in their lives. And I just want to thank you for continuing to be a part of what's going on. I know there's a lot of hustle and bustle and a lot of unknowns right now, but I promise we're going to get back soon, hopefully soon. And we'll be, we'll be able to, to hug one another again and just to spend time with each other. I want us to jump into the series that we've been in for a few weeks now. And we know we've been talking about that God has a plan and he has a plan for our lives. And I want you to understand that his plan for fulfillment is, is for you, that, that he wants to fulfill the things that he placed inside of you. And so John chapter 10, verse 10, we'll look at that scripture. It says this, the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill and to destroy. But my purpose, Jesus says, is to give life and all of its fullness. So John 10, 10, the devil says, the devil has a plan. We, we read from Jesus. He says he has a plan for our lives. And to be real honest, many of us are living out that plan. There are people that are living out that plan, that he has a purpose to steal your dreams, to steal the desires of your heart, to destroy relationships. That's his purpose to kill every bit of potential that is that is rising up in the inside of you and to literally get you just to crawl into heaven, licking your wounds if you even make it. But Jesus says, Jesus says that his purpose is to give you life in all of its fullness. And so God wants to give life in in, in its entirety, the, the fullness of life that he has for. So let's ask some questions this morning. First of all, why aren't we living that life, right? So often we don't. Why are so many people living lives of frustration instead of fullness, right? A couple things. You could write some things down this morning. We'll give you some notes today. First of all, we let our past cripple us, right? We, even if you had your sins forgiven and, and we have, we have a devil that attacks, right? We have a devil who keeps reminding us of the past. And and sometimes we allow that to cripple us. Listen, the character of Satan is that he is the accuser. The Bible says he accuses us day and night. And he, he just wants to remind you that you're a joke, that there's no way that you can fulfill the dreams that you have within you. But but you, he, he wants to tell you that you can't do it. You can't live for God. But I'm here to tell you this morning that you can. You can live the fulfilled life that Christ Jesus has planned for you. So here, here's what's happening. We're going through life. If we're, if we're focused on these things, we're going through life often looking in the rearview mirror, not out the windshield, right? We're focused on the things that are behind us and not looking at the future that God has in store for us. So most of us are still, that we're still, we still feel defined by the mistakes that we've made. Can I be honest with you? I still struggle with this. There's, there's hardly ever a Sunday, 
right, where I'm, I'm going to preach at our church, there's hardly ever a Sunday or, or even a day of the week where sometimes I'm not battling the accusatory thoughts of the enemy that he has against me of, of who I was and what I've done and all the things. And, and, and some of you are thinking right now, well, what has he done? <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> right? All those things happen, right? Satan is really good at reminding us of our inabilities, our lack. And I'm, I'm, I'm not here because of my abilities. I'm, I'm not here because of those things. I'm here because of, I'm not here because of my abilities, right? I'm here because of what? I'm here because, I'm here because God is leading and he's placed me here for this time and his power is in my life and he's leading and he's directing. And that's why I'm in the position that I'm in. Listen, don't let your past hinder you from going after God's best for your life. Psalm 38 verse four, and then verse six says, my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. And I am bowed down and brought low. For some of you, there's times when you can think about, all you can think about is the things that you've done wrong. You ever think about those things that that's the devil's job, right? He wants to accuse you. He wants to remind you, right? He wants to bring you low, keep you down. I want you to understand God wants to pull you up the devil wants to bring you down. And if that's, if that's the case, what, what we know is that we need to confess those things, be prayed for, right? Receive forgiveness for those things that we've walked out in our life that, that we we're not proud of and that we do keep getting beat up over and live a redeemed life, a new life. This is why, this is why being connected with each other is so important. And how, how much more now do we realize that it's, it's, that it's important because listen, God uses other people to bring about that, that, to, that helps us close the door on those things of our past. He uses the other people in our life to help us walk that out. But if we're not careful, we'll do some things uh, that will trip us up and it'll slow us down to, instead of living the life of fulfillment that God has for us. What will we do? Well, we'll, we'll also, so we'll let the, the, the pain of our past kind of cripple us. We'll also, we'll let the culture define us. The culture, that thing around us, all the, the, the way things are moving, the way life is happening all around us. If I ask people if they were living out God's plan for their life, most people couldn't honestly say yes. A lot of people would have to say no, not, not, not in its fullness. I don't really believe... This is all that God has for me. Sometimes we're, we'd have to say no. The question then becomes, then what playbook are we living from, right? If we're not living out God's fullness, then where are we living from? Either you're living out the plan that God himself has planned for you, or you've been lured away to a counterfeit one and that you thought would fulfill your life, but instead you're still left wanting. It's true for all of us at different times, but, but culture made it look so good, right? It made it look so good. You tried career, you tried a career, you tried using your talents in those ways. You tried, you tried, you thought maybe, maybe getting that next promotion, that would be the thing, right? You, so you climbed that ladder, you did that thing. You found out that's not what brought fulfillness, fulfillment into your life. See, we often respond to the, to the pleasures of culture when, when the culture is consistently lying to us. And right now, the devil's trying to redefine so many things, right? 
He's trying to redefine marriage, try to redefine right now how, how everything's working and moving together. He's even trying to right now to, to, to define who's essential, that crazy word. You even being essential, I'm just telling you right now, you're all essential. We're all essential, right? God wouldn't have us here if we weren't essential. And he has to, he wants to, and desires to bring out his fullness in our lives. Galatians chapter one, verse 10 says, I, I am now trying to, am I, am I, Paul's talking, he said, am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul is saying here, he says, I can't allow the culture to define my life. I've got to do, I've got to live out. I've got to find what God has planned for me, right? What else do we do that, that kind of hinders that progress? Well, we let our performance define us. How many of you are performance freaks, right? Right. We, sometimes we let our performance define us. And I'm, I'm not telling you don't strive to achieve. Don't, I'm not saying that that's not good. I think we should, we should with all our might, the Bible says, anything we, we, we set out to do, do it really well. But, but I want you to get and, and understand much of our identity gets shaped around our performance. But remember, God loves us as his children, right? He loves us as his children. And God's love is based on your position in Christ Jesus, right? As a child of God, not as your performance as a Christian, right? No mom, no dad is, has, has, has had a, a kid walk off of a, a sports field and been f- frustrated and mad at them and beat them up that had a, a pure, clean heart for their child because they did something wrong, right? We're proud of them. God has a, a father heart for, uh, for all of us. I, I want to remind you of the passage that we've been looking at each week throughout this series in Exodus chapter 6. And and we're talking about the nation of Israel being in, in captivity, still in Egypt, right? And, and he tells them, he tells them what he's telling us even still today. The Lord says this in Exodus 6, verse 6, the Bible says, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out. This is the bringing them, this is salvation to them. God is going to bring them out of the bondage that they've in, that they've been in. God does the same thing for us. He brings us out, right? And he says, he says, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. Then he says, I will then, I will free you. I will, he brings freedom to them. I will free you from being slaves um, to them. And I will, third thing, I will redeem you. We talked about that last week, the redemption process of our lives. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Then the one we get to talk about today, here's where we're going. He says this, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God, he says. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So God is promising us some things here, right? He's promising us some things. He he wants all of that for you and he wants you to be able to say that you are forgiven in Christ Jesus. That, that you are chosen in him, that you are loved, that you have a purpose, that you have been given the Holy Spirit of God to empower you to live this life out, that you, you can live with God's promises embedded in your heart, right? That you can be released to live in freedom 
And, and, and to, you, you can walk in his fulfilled purpose for your life. That's what God says about you. That's, that's how the father believes that's your future, right? That's, that's what it is for you. So here, here's the last one. And, and I, here, here's, and it's a, it's a guaranteed way to make sure that you don't, you don't live a fulfilled life. If you, if you do this, listen, here's what we don't want to do. We, what we do though, is we try often, we try to go about this all on our own. Sometimes we do this. We just get caught up and, and go at it on our own. Why would we even try that? It's so difficult uh, because, because listen, you tried, you tried working it out with people. You tried, you tried it with people, but they're a pain, right? People are just a struggle. And, and here, I, I want you to understand that's the devil's plan for your relationships. Just because it's a struggle doesn't mean we close the door on it, forget about it altogether. That, he's trying to make you distrust people and be suspicious of those relationships. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 8 says this, talks about this, this guy. He says, there was a man all alone. He had neither a son nor a brother. So he's all alone. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So this guy had been successful. He has, he has wealth, but he's not content with it. He wasn't fulfilled by it. He's, 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 he's all alone. And I'm telling you, listen, alone is the most unfulfilled feeling. So I want to break this promise down for you. Because I really want you to understand that to live anything less than this is to live less than you were created for. God really has a plan for your life. Not just everyone else. He has a plan for you. And I want you to, I want you to, I want you to understand it so that you can begin to live it out. And listen, it doesn't matter the past mistakes that you've made. God is a redeemer, right? He's a restorer. He's a, he's a, he's a freer. He frees us from the, the pain of our past. He, he sets us free. And, and so God's promises to you is, is ultimate fulfillment. And where you can, where you can say, I'm making it count. I'm making life matter. And I want that so bad for you. Listen, don't settle for anything less than that. Exodus chapter six, verse seven says, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. See what God is saying here is if you're going to live a fulfilled life, you, 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 you can't just find out what you're good at. You have to actually be connected to the things that you're good at. You have to be connected to other people that are doing things that are making an eternal difference, right? Like, 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 like a hand trying to work without an arm. It just doesn't, it just doesn't fulfill its purpose. It won't work. And so not only do you have to find your, your people to connect with the, the, the family, right? But God says, he says, then I will be your God. He wants to be that father to you that we all desperately need that, that, that isn't at work when we need to call and we can't reach him, but he's with us consistently all the time. We can call upon him and he's there for us. Now, now, now that you're a part of something, if you've given your life to Christ, here's what happens. So we, 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 we got, Jesus comes right in, in, in to the earth and, and lives his life. Uh, before us and, and goes to the cross on our behalf and then is risen again. The Bible said he's seated at the right hand of God, making intercession or praying for us 
So he's rooting us on, right? He's there cheering us on. He's there for us. And, and then he said, the Bible says that, that we are offered, because of that, we're offered salvation for our past. And salvation, hear, hear me out, salvation is really the key, not only from freedom of your past, but to your entire future. See, there's no fulfillment without salvation. There's, there's always a wanting more. There's always a what's next. There's always a, a, a chasing down of a dream that when you catch that, when you try to fulfill it, it you'll fulfill the dream. It just won't fulfill you. And, and so God has more for us than that. So he's saying here, I want to be your God. I want to live. I want to live that out for you. I want to, I want to go before you and you can follow me. And God literally steps into your life and he partners with you to take what you've learned to take what you've learned about yourself and to do something that really eternally matters. Okay, not just for a few years, not just for a moment, not just for a few people, but literally it matters. Now, 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 now that you're a part of something, so what we do, we call that, what do we call it? We call that the church. We call that ministry. And, and so when you're a part of something like that, God, God gets involved and then, and then there's, you find true meaning for your life. People would say, well, that's your opinion. You're a pastor. You're a preacher. Well, I want you to, I want you to check this out because I, th- I think it's, it's more interesting than that, more in-depth than that. In 1943, there's a guy by the name of Abraham Maslow. Uh, he's a, a psychologist, and he discovered what would be, be referred to from that point forward as Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You've, you've, you've studied this out in school, I'm sure. But he, he discovered that, that people do things because they have needs in their life and they act out to fulfill those things. He originally came up with five and then, then later they expanded it to eight. Check this out. He says this. So eight needs, look at them. Number one, physical needs, the need to eat and breathe and drink water. So you're fulfilling that right now. You're breathing right now. Secondly, safety needs. You have the need to be protected. Now, what we've seen during this COVID-19 thing is some of you've taken that to an extreme level. Others aren't so concerned, but there's a safety need that happens to all of us. Third is love needs, right? That all of us, all of us need relationships with other people. All of us want to be loved. We want to be loved and we want to love other people. That's a need that we have. Number four is esteem needs. The need to be complimented, right? So whoever you're with right now, you might just tell them that they look nice or that maybe they just smell good. Maybe that's right. Whatever it is, but compliment somebody right now. What's, what's interesting here is the, the first four needs, right? The first four, he called those deficiency needs, right? In other words, they're just there to keep you alive, right? They're just there to keep you alive. It's not until you get to the next four that you realize why you're really here right? Why you're even on the planet, right? So number five is cognitive needs, meaning all of us need to understand stuff. That's why we've got a lot of questions, right? And that's, that's when we're, when we're young, we, we, we never stop asking the questions. Why this and why that and how this, and then when we're old, it's why we sit around and watch documentaries. <laughs> that's, that's my opinion, at least, right? And they're, they're fulfilled when we start asking that why question. And n- number six, aesthetic needs, the need for things to be beautiful, 
right? That's why we're going to, we, we like going to beautiful places. It's why we hang things on the wall. That's why we beautify the area that we're in. And, and then the next two are very interesting. Number seven, self-actualization. So we need to fulfill our potential to the best of our ability, right? In other words, we want to win. How many of you want to win? I want to win. If I'm playing something, I want to win, okay? And they thought, Maslow thought that this was the ultimate, that this was it, that the top of life is winning, right? Right? You've heard that that, that, that happens to people. They get this ingrained into their head, but then they figured out there's something so much more. Because listen, if, if there's something greater than you just than you just meeting on your own potential. There's something greater than you just achieving on your own potential. They found that people have a need to not only reach their potential, but at the end of the day, to really leave a legacy far beyond their own potential, to make a mark on the planet, right? And, and really live beyond that. And, and that's the number eighth one, and that's called transcendent needs. The transcendent needs. And if you look that up, it literally means to live a life beyond yourself, right? To exceed the usual limits, to go beyond you. And how, well, then how do we do that? If this is so, such a big deal, how do we live that out? What does that even look like? Well, God says, he says this, I will take you and I will make you a people. And, 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 and then what does he do? He, he gets involved. He gets involved himself. God says, I've got something for you that's beyond you, that's, that's outside of you. I want you to put up, I want you to put, I want to put you in a place where you can learn and grow and you can help other people. What is that? It's a group type thing. It's, it's I want to put you with a group of people that is going to do something eternal. That's changing lives, Right? It's not just conquering a trophy or whatever the case. It's literally changing lives. And God says, I'll jump in the middle of it and I'll put my blessing on it. I'll pour my spirit out upon that thing. I'll be there with you in it. And we call that ultimate fulfillment. Ultimate fulfillment. And it can only happen when you get with a group of people and do something that makes a difference for all of eternity. So ultimate fulfillment comes... When you're part of a family, right? We have we love, great loving family. So many of us are blessed with a loving family, right? If you if you weren't blessed with a loving a birth family, maybe you've been adopted. That's a beautiful thing. But here's the thing. Also, God's given us the family of the church, right? We have a second family, which is an incredible family. I actually spend more time with my second family than I even do my first, right? It means that much to me. And, and so we have, we, we give that God gives us that he gives us a family, he gives us a church. He gives us then a team to work within and, and make a difference because listen, we're doing something beyond ourselves. And I'm telling you that of all, all the messages that we've looked at, they lead to this one thing. Listen, settle for nothing less than this. This is God's destiny for you. And, and it begins with a calling. It begins with a calling. So it, it, it can't happen as God intended if you don't get involved. We need everyone involved, right? No, pastor, you're the preacher. You, you've got the calling. It, it's not my calling, no. Serving God is the best thing that I've, 
that, that's ever happened to me in my life, okay? I've done a lot of things, but serving in ministry is by far the best thing. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for preachers. It's for all of us. God, that God gives that gift to all of us, okay? So God's got a calling upon your life, and every day you should say, I've got a call of God on my life. What does God have me to do today? How am I going to be fulfilled in what he has for me to do today? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says this, God saved us and then called us to his holy work. We had nothing to do with it. It was all his idea, a gift prepared for us in Jesus long before we ever knew anything about it. It's a gift, right? So question for you, what is your calling? What is your calling? I want to be a difference maker. How about you? I want to, I want to make a difference. Everyone I know wants to make a difference. They want to. So you're called, as people, we are called to make a difference. And listen close. People lose their way when they lose their why. We've got we've to embrace that, the why, right? You've got to know why you're on this planet. It's got to be more than just growing old and raising kids and sending them off in life. And all those things are wonderful. It's got, there's got to be more to it, right? Or are you just going to wander around to address this in the ways that you already have tried that really haven't been all that fulfilling? I'm telling you, I'm inviting you, okay? There is a journey that you can go on that will be fulfilling for your life. And it begins with a calling. Number two, it stands on a cause. Okay. See, you're, you're not just called to perform what the world calls accomplishments, right? Human accomplishment. You're called to make an eternal difference. We're, We're talking about that this morning and it's the cause that counts. And I believe that we're seeing that now, right now, more than ever before. There's been a lot of, lot of things that have frankly, fallen by the wayside, right? Not bad things, some of them very good things, but in the end of the day, there's a priority thing that happens in our lives and it shows up. And, and so it, we've, gotta, we've gotta go back to the causes of our life. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says, but, but my life's worth, my, but my life is worth nothing un, to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others to do the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So in other words, we're, we're to use our job, our house, our career, even our hobbies, right? To do what? To make an eternal difference wherever we go. So to make a difference by doing something that's making a difference, right? So what is, what is it, what, what is making a difference? What is that? It's just, listen, what is ultimately at the end of the day, what is it that makes a difference? I'm going to, I'm going to really become really clear to you on this one. Okay. It's people and heaven at the end of the day. It's those two things. It's, it's literally, I want to, I want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference. And then, then the third step that we're looking at this morning is, is it spreads from I right? To us. It goes, it doesn't stop with one person. It spreads outwardly from that. You can't, you can't do God's best until you find your people, right? You got to be connected and you can't get God's best until you're connected with them doing an eternal difference kind of thing. This is why in our church, 
We have serve teams, right? We have the dream team. We have serve teams. That's why even this week, while we've been out like, you know, everybody locked in their homes essentially, and it's been crazy. Even this week, we've, we've connected with people who over the past six weeks have connected to our church and we've, we've allowed them and, and invited them, invited you. Many of you are part of this to go on this journey with us of serving other people. So this week, in fact, um, just we're, what we're going to do is we're going to take food. We've got many of you that have decided you could help with this, right? And many of the people that have been connecting, listen, they haven't even been to our church yet, but they're connecting by serving the, the local community. So what we're doing this week is we're, we're serving our local cafeteria workers who've been providing food for so many families in town during this time. We're also providing $20 gift cards for every police officer for, for the sheriff, Quake County Sheriff's Department and the Tucumcari Police Department. Every one of them, we're going to give them a $20 gift card to different food establishments, restaurants around town so that they can go and partake of a meal at their leisure, right? When they need it most. And so we want to do that. What, what is, what is, what is, what are we doing by that? Well, we're, we're helping our local restaurants, right? We're loving people that, that are, that are outside of our church family. We're ministering to our city. And here, here's the greatest thing. I think the best part about it is we have people that are serving other people, making an eternal difference in their lives. We're sharing the love of God. It's literally ministry. It's what ministry looks like. Ecclesiastes 4.9, two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. See, now it has a multiplied effect because you got on a team that was making a difference. So I, so I want to I make a difference. By doing something that what? That makes a difference with people who want to make a difference. So we get on teams to do that. And it is an incredible thing that God allows us to be a part of. And he's inviting you in to be a part. Literally will change not only your life, but other people around you, right? John chapter 15 verse 8 says this. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love, and if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that, 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 my, that your joy will be complete, may be made complete, is what it says. So some of you, you've desired you desired that more than anything. Maybe you couldn't even explain it, but there's just been this inward desire of your life to really make a massive difference upon the world. And, and, and let me say this to you. Listen, you will never be happy until you're doing something that makes a difference. And that, that can only happen is when you're with a group of people that are making a difference for others, okay? So I wanna wrap, I wanna wrap up today and the, the, really the last few weeks of teaching by kind of going back to where we started in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus 
It's having the Passover meal. And, and there's 14 steps to Passover, right? The first one is they eat bread and then they tell the Passover story and, and then they share some verses. Then they, they, there's, there's four cups of wine, right? Remember at the Passover meal and they drink, then they drink the second cup and they have, they have supper. And then they go to the third cup right after they eat supper. Watch the, the detail here in scripture. This is a, amazing to me. So at, at, the, at the last supper, Jesus is with his disciples. And he's seated there and he's teaching them and he's showing them a glimpse of what things are, are, are going to look like in the future to come. Look at Matthew 26, verse 26. He says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. So they knew what was going on, right? They knew what was happening. This was the Passover Seder meal that they had enjoyed, right? That they had partaken in for, for a long time, that for generations. This is who they are. Then he took the cup, right? This would have happened later. Actually, in Luke chapter 22, Luke adds this in, the detail there. Remember, Luke is a physician, so the, the writings of Luke are in more greater detail than the others. But it says, after he took the cup, he gave thanks and offered it to them, saying, drink from it. All of you, all of the disciples. So this is after this, this, this. So this is cup three right after supper. Okay. So there's been one cup, then two, now the third cup, which, which watch what Jesus says. He says this, I tell you, I will not drink. This is, this is now at the, so they're, they're the cup number four. He says, I will tell you, I will not drink. I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in the Father's kingdom. This, this is amazing. So Jesus didn't finish the Passover meal with them. He didn't finish it. It means the fourth cup didn't get drunk that night. He, why, why? Jesus said, we're done, right? We're done here, but, but I, we haven't drank the fourth cup yet. We're done because I'm not drinking the fourth cup. Well, well why is that? Their, their tradition, their, their ceremonial traditions of Seder, the meal, the Passover, was to celebrate in this way. There's four cups. There's four, you, you celebrate with because Jesus is, is waiting. Listen, he's waiting on us to drink the final cup with him in heaven together. It's amazing. The Bible says that there's going to be a wedding reception called the marriage supper of the lamb and a, a big party that we're invited to. And, and at that, at that time, he's going to lift the cup, right? He's going to lift that cup and he's going to say, welcome home. Welcome home. It's in revelation chapter 19, verse nine it says, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb. Right. And blessed are those who are invited to that supper. Blessed are those who are invited in. Who are inv Listen, don't miss the party. Don't miss that celebration. So what do we do? What do we do? We, we invite all people to that place, right? We, we invite all people to know him, to be in fellowship with Jesus Christ for the, for the forgiveness of sin and for the fulfillment of every dream that we could have every dream that God would place within us. I want us to close this morning. And oh, 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 I know that there's, there's many of you who 
you're just asking, well, how, how do I make sure that I'm at that wedding? So how do I make sure that I received my invitation to that? Listen, the invitation has already been given. Jesus said he has come that all people would have life and have it more abundantly, right? He wants you to be invited in. You're invited in. So I want you to understand that you can, through, through what we call salvation, be brought in close. The finished work of Jesus on the cross and the resurrection of Christ as our Savior and Lord has provided you an opportunity to know God, to walk with Him, and to have those the fulfillment of God in your life every single day. Others of you, you've walked with the Lord for a, a number of years. You, you're Christians, right? But you, you're not walking fulfilled. Can I encourage you? Don't stop. Don't stop with where you are. But I encourage you to really desire everything that God has for you. I want to pray for you this morning as we conclude today. Lord God, we love you. We thank you again. I thank you for my friends that are watching every week. I thank you for our church family. I thank you for the, the expansiveness of the church family. Um, and really, the family of God is not just something we do out of our church. It, it's, it's worldwide. God, the people on this earth making a difference on your behalf. Thank you so much for your salvation for us all. If, if, you're, if you're praying right now with me, I want to pray for you and just ask. I want to ask you to pray with me that God would would bring salvation to you. He's offered it. The Bible says that we need to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that the Lord Jesus is indeed the Son of God and can save our soul, redeem the sin out of our, take the sin out of our life and redeem our life, make it brand new again. So I want to I encourage you, just give your life to Jesus today. Say, Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. Forgive me of sin. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to live for you every day. And then if, if, you're, if you want the fulfillment of every, everything that God has for you, just ask him. He's a good father. And I think he'll fulfill the dreams within us. God, I, I love you today. I thank you for the, for the time we've had together. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the lives of people, not only in our church, but all around the world. That right now, there's some things that are really being find focused in on. God, I pray that we'd never lose the perspective that we have right now of the clarity of life, and the desires of our heart. Let them be your desires. God, may we link arms with others and really make a difference. And God, I thank you for the church, for it is truly making a difference upon this earth. Allow us to be better. Allow us to serve better. Allow us to continue to grow in love and honor of you. And may we continue this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.